this is one I've talked about before, like particularly early in our marriage. Yeah. Violet would definitely poke me because, you know, there was still stuff I hadn't touched yet. And I hadn't been as deep in a relationship as I was quite with her. And she would much rather feel my anger than nothing. Welcome back to another episode. I am always pleased to have Jason Lang here with me, my co-coach extraordinaire and uh, a fan favorite on the Dear Men podcast. Welcome back. Good to be back. <laughs> Our first one in person in a long time. Yeah, it's very exciting. Special occasion. Yes. Same microphone. Um, so today we're talking about how to be skillful when handling criticism from the feminine. And this is... Uh, how do you describe it? It's a a sort of constant in relationship, right? And I think that it's uh, challenging and there are things that can make it easier. And I think also I am going to be naming some dynamics that happen sort of on on my side or on the on the side of, I think, a lot of women that might feel hidden or under the surface to a lot of men. So just going to take you behind the curtain there. Um, so yeah. So in terms of, you know, handling women's criticism, I'm curious to hear a little from you about how you feel like you did with that early on in your, in your dating life. And then how you feel like you've grown in that, in that way. Yeah. So uh, I'll just start by saying another way to think about criticism, which, you know, depending on our context and growing up can, have a, a lot of charge with it. Another way this can sometimes come through is just feedback. It's just feedback. Um, so, and you know, there is a difference, but I think it's important to note that, but uh, certainly something I've had to uh, deeply develop my capacity for in my marriage. And I think that's an important word that this is a capacity. Like it's like a skill we can actually build up to stay open while receiving without collapsing or defending. And for me, I mean, nothing particularly special or different from how a lot of men respond to criticism, which is to like defend or shift the blame or rationalize. Like probably my biggest um, tendency when I would get feedback or criticism from Violet, my wife would be to try to explain my side of things. Mm. So if she just understood the rationality of the situation, it would make sense, which, yeah, it's kind of true. And a lot of the times she would experience as um, trying to make her emotions wrong. Yeah. Right. Like, like, well, if you just understood, you wouldn't feel that. Yeah. Cause what you're feeling is actually wrong. Cause you don't understand. What yeah. You shouldn't be upset because yeah. I didn't mean that. Totally. Mm -hmm. And so the hope would be if I could just explain it, the upset would go away. Um, and I think that's a good in, uh, segue into, it's not that I don't want to hear your explanation as, as, a, as a woman. It's not that I don't want to hear your explanation. It's a matter of the order of how things happen. Yes. I first want you to attend to where I am feeling 
what I am feeling right now in the moment. I really want your presence. I want you to be with me in this experience first. And then (laughs) the explaining, it's not that I don't want to hear it, but it's a little bit like you got to preheat the oven and then bake the cake. You can't just stick in the cake. You got to like, you know, there's got to be context for it. And the context is I'm experiencing upset right now. I'm upset because of this. Hear me, feel me, be with me. Step one, and then we can talk about the rest of it. And I'm in a different, I'm in a different emotional place after I've been felt and heard and attended to really deeply then I feel differently and there I can hear more. Yeah. I think that's a, a, a key piece of like the connect and feel and resonate first. And then there's openness to the after. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think where we often go wrong as men and where I often went wrong was trying to skip that step, um, which would then make her feel like I wasn't listening, wasn't connected to her, didn't care, wasn't on her side, like all kinds of different things would come through, which would actually make her more upset. And then it would kind of perpetuate, you know, uh, more disconnection between us. Um, yeah. But that, that, you know, this is something we sometimes talk about with our guys that I've, I've learned quite a bit, you know, and a lot of my lenses have shifted as a parent now seeing uh, my daughter Ruby grow up and being with her in that experience. And she's two. She's two. Mm-hmm. So she's at an age where, um, her emotions are much bigger than her cognition or her ability to communicate it. Uh, and it was through a parenting book I learned about this thing called the fast food rule, which I think is a great, great tool, uh, which is, it's just like a quick way to think about this first like match. And then, and then like, but first you got to match And the fast food rule in this parenting book was like, when you go to a fast food joint and you list off all the things you want, the first thing they do is they say your order exactly back to you. So, and then you're like, yes, great. That's it. And so you feel heard and seen and there's no miscommunication. um, And and the orders kind of, everything moves forward. So in, in parenting, particularly with toddlers, the idea is, you know, and I still do this sometimes too, trying to go to rational. Well, you don't understand. We got to wait and do, 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 which there's not even the cognitive capacity for her to receive that yet. So it's a really great training ground for this tool of first, like match the emotion and reflect that I understand what you're feeling. And particularly with kids, sometimes you have to help give them words for what they're feeling. Um, mm, wow, you seem really mad right now, right? Yes. Mad. Mm-hmm. And the way that rule teaches is it's like actually match the energy back like 20 or 30%, which more than words also conveys, like I'm getting the emotional tone. Or yeah. Quality. And it's pretty amazing. It doesn't, you know, it's not like a magic thing, but when we hit it, her whole nervous system relaxes because she's like, oh, you guys get me. Yeah. And then there's like an opening and then yeah. there's like a, a shift of energy or a potential. But when we do the other parenting thing, which I've still fallen prey to and certainly see a lot in public of, you know, don't be the way you are. Stop crying or do the thing or you don't understand. It just drives, you know, it just makes it way worse. Yeah. It turns the volume up instead of down. Yeah. So there's a way, you know, um, it's, you know, it's different. Obviously it's not like treat your woman like a kid, but the idea of match the energy a little bit to show her I'm listening, I'm attuned to you, and I can reflect back your feeling state right now. And I'm willing to first be with you in that. Yes. And I accept that this is where we are. There's something about, I accept that you are angry. I accept that you are sad. I accept that you are deeply sad and angry. I feel that. I feel that in my body. And I think that there's a what I've seen frequently, and tell me if you've seen this too, is often 
I'm going to use some gendered words here. This can happen in any dynamic, but I'm just going to pick this one as a, as an example, uh, a very rational, logical man who basically his emotions are repressed, will pick a highly emotional woman mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he'll resist her emotions <laughs> like, yeah. because in part, he doesn't really want to feel his own emotions. Right. So I think there's something important. And I'm not saying that that she doesn't have any of her own things going on. She does. And I do, right? And that capacity and that ability for you to be with a person in their rage or in their sadness or in their fear requires you to be able to do that yourself. And so if you are not willing to feel your own shame, you are not willing to feel your own rage, you will probably pick a partner. (laughs) You will probably pick a partner who's really able to do that. And then you'll probably not want them to do whatever. So I think there's something about a little bit of meeting halfway of whatever someone's reflecting back to you that they're, they're feeling they really want you to feel that with them. And so part of becoming skillful with criticism and upset is your willingness to feel your own rage, your willingness to feel your own sadness, your willingness to kind of really go there. And, you know, I'm curious because I feel like you've done a lot of personal growth work over the past 10 or 15 years. Do you feel like you've grown in your capacity to feel? And do you think that that's helped you with your partners? Uh, absolutely. Yeah, I definitely, um, have much more range. I think I, you could put one way to put mm. it in my access to my emotions and how quickly they come and that my willingness to just keep going into them has made it much easier to be present with Violet and hers. And, um, that, that tied with, you know, just the experiences we've had long-term and some of the things we've talked about before of not learning to not fear the storm or fear her emotions and just, be with her in them. Um, my whole capacity. Yeah. So that has definitely oh come gosh. up and all that work I've done with other men to be able to access those things and those pockets of shame or, um, disgust or anger or grief or whatnot. Yeah. It just makes me much more comfortable with being with any of that and her mm-hmm. actually welcoming it and not, you know, not fearing it. Um, and you know, I, I think both ways from me towards her and her towards me, when that happens, it's often experienced as oh, love because this person's accepting all of me versus rejecting a part of me. They want to be different, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is often, you know, a feeling a lot of feminine partners have of, um, and how this whole criticism thing, you know, becomes a pretty common dynamic, you know, Mm. no matter what, um, kind of configuration you're in, if there's masculine and feminine Mm -hmm. energy, you know, the feminine part of us often fears I'm too much. Yes. The masculine part of us fears I'm not enough. Yes. And I can never get it right. So the criticism comes at us. It triggers, well, I can't do it. I'm not enough. So I need to explain to her to not feel the way she's feeling. And then she's like, fuck, you won't be with me and my feelings I'm too much. And then like, it just kind of spirals out of control. Uh, and both people often feel hurt. So mm-hmm. part of this capacity for, I, I think, being with criticism is, yeah, learning to stay open to that, uh, learning to listen and not defend right away, but just be with her in the emotion, reflect the emotion. And then there can be different conversations later on, but it's first like lean into the criticism or lean into the work. Um, Hmm. And I think that's a practice that, you know, we help a lot of men with strengthening their nervous systems and their capacity to be present. And a big part of that is how open can I stay when receiving feedback or receiving criticism? Hmm. And that's, 
a place where, you know, not, not to be too harsh, but a lot of men are pretty fragile, like yeah. in receiving feedback because it does trigger these deep, I'm not enough. My dick's not big enough. I'm not a good enough lover. I don't make enough money, you know, wounds I've totally felt. So I'm not, you know, not meaning to make those small, um, but our capacity to kind of, uh, to, to be with that goes up as we can kind of receive more criticism and stay open mm. in that process. It's not that it still doesn't hurt. Mm. It's just rather than immediately closing or defending, there's like a willingness to just kind of get some, get some feedback, be mm. with the emotions and, and not have to immediately fix it or change things. Um, that's also a big one. You know, I, I definitely know for a lot of guys, it's pretty and something you've certainly seen in your research is a big part of, you know, connecting in the bedroom. Yeah. Like for a lot of men getting, getting any kind of feedback on their, on their sexuality can be really hard. Um, like, Oh my God, you know, she's never going to want to be with me or I'm never going to be able to da, 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 da. Versus like, it's just data. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think you and I were talking on, on my show a while ago and I loved the, the analogy you've been using of like, uh, you're, you're learning to drive a car. Every car is a little different. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean you're a shitty driver, right? Yeah. You're just, you have to learn the nuance of, that person yeah. that works for them and be willing to kind of have a little back and forth. Um, and I, the, your ability to do that as a man, I think is part of your ability to receive criticism, receive feedback and just stay open without having to make it different immediately mm-hmm. right? to just be with what is in her emotions. Mm-hmm. And that gets a lot easier. The more you do this work with other men, the more you open, the more you can express yourself, um, the more, it's easy to be with other people in that space. I've mm-hmm. definitely found. Cause then there's also not a fear of like getting trapped there, which I know some men are like, Oh, mm. you know, if I haven't touched my grief, sometimes it feels like a tidal wave. And there's like a fear. If I go there, I can never get up, get out. So it's like constantly doing whatever we can to not uh, feel those feelings. And again, all this work, men's work and coaching work you do with guys helps just create more space around mm. all that and our capacity to be with what is. Yeah. And the, the criticism piece around sex. So for example, in the research, one thing that was extremely clear is that when men are using their hands or their fingers, it's usually too much pressure, very mm-hmm. quite rough and, and it actually hurts. And so in my research, you know, the number one sex problem for women was it hurts pain. Mm-hmm. And some of that is He's touching me too. It's too hard. It's too hard. It's too fast. It's too rough with his hands or fingers. It's so hard for me as a woman to say, ow, that hurts. Can you slow down or be a little bit more gentle? Because I'm terrified that he's going to collapse, right? So me offering, I think that's a great example of, you know, we used the word criticism in the title and it, and it, it's, it's in this sphere, but to your point, where is the line between feedback and criticism? I think sometimes the tone, the way that mm-hmm. we say it is like, ow, that's too rough. Slow down. It's the same words, but the tone is harsh. Yeah. Versus like, ow, oh, that actually really hurts. Can you, can you slow down? But depending on the man, he might still hear the second one as criticism. Yeah. Because what he hears is, you're doing it wrong. Totally. And then that might, like you said, cascade into, you never do it right you're worthless, you're valueless, all of this other stuff going on for him. And and we're not oblivious to that, right? As human beings, many of us are scared to tell the truth. We're scared to be honest with other people because we're scared of them taking it as criticism. So another quick example, just talking to someone about this, is um, going down. 
going down on someone. Sometimes it's like, I'd love to go down on you if you take a shower. And that, again, you can interpret that as you're a disgusting, dirty person, and I don't like having sex with you. Or you can interpret it as, oh, you'd love to go down on me. Let me go take a shower. But it's the, but it's so terrifying for a lot of us who grew up in homes where parents did take things personally all the time or siblings or whoever it was. But what we observed was don't tell the truth and definitely don't do it in a harsh tone because you will be punished. You will be punished. You will either be hit or, um, or, or somehow you know, punished physically, or I'll take all my love away. I'm just going to take all my love away. You're going to be alone. And for a lot of people, myself included, it's actually worse. That's actually worse. I'd rather someone gets angry with me, but tells me what the fuck's happening (laughs) than just leaves and just goes away. And that also showed up in the research was, I'm not afraid that if I tell this man the truth that he'll, that he'll punish me. I'm afraid he'll leave. He'll just leave. He'll never come back. So I think that that line of what what is feedback and what is criticism, it's a lot about how you're interpreting it. It's not all about how you're interpreting it. I want to be clear. Passive aggression is real. Yeah. <laughs> and there is a way to to jab someone. And that's that's real separate from your interpretation. But then there is a whole world of things that we take personally that we feel criticized by that are actually can be also taken as feedback. And so to your point, as a man grows in his capacity, it feels like there's more range around, oh, this is actually feedback. I'm actually getting some important data here instead of before it would feel like an attack. Yeah. And what do we do when we're attacked? We defend. Totally. Yeah. And that's, or we attack back. Or we attack back. Yeah. yeah. Definitely is a big one for a lot of guys. And I think that the energy of that difference, the criticism versus feedback, I think is, in my experience, criticism has a, it does have a little bit more of a jab of mm-hmm. like, I'm using this and I want you to hurt. Yeah. I want you to, I want, I want you to hurt. hurt. Versus yeah. This is like, Hey, here's my experience right now. You know, something's not working for me or here's, here's my truth. Like, it's not about hurting mm-hmm. you. It's actually about wanting for us to come together in more harmony or some kind of way. Um, so sometimes there is that kind of, there is an intent to hurt on, on, on both sides that, and sometimes there isn't. And what's actually happening is feedback is triggering our unhealed. Yes. Wounds, yes. Right? And that's, that's what's complicated about the subject because totally. it's not always clear what's one or what's the other. Yeah. And as you build your capacity, the nice thing is I think you can start to feel the difference. And, you know, particularly in a, a long-term uh, commitment of some kind where two partners are, you know, have agreed to work on these things, monogamous or not, they're, you know, you build some stool. You build some tools and capacities for how to communicate so it comes across more as feedback Mm. and not criticism and not triggering and whatnot, which is a great level to get to in in relationship. And then, you know, I think there's even a place beyond that. Men can go in some of this work, too, of developing our capacity so deeply that we can remain open and feel below her criticism Mm -hmm. to something deeper that's happening Mm -hmm. and actually maybe pull the truth of feedback from that criticism without getting wrapped up in the criticism mm-hmm. part, which can be, you know, an incredibly challenging and deep practice. And mm-hmm. as, as my teacher, John says, you know, it, it's a, a practice of like, where is she right? Where could she be right? So I'm going to bring some curiosity to this criticism and feel into where could there be a kernel of truth that I'm not seeing. Uh, now it's not 
always the case that it lands, but that's a generous orientation. Mm. And then that ability to feel below, I think, touches on another key point that I've um, certainly experienced in my marriage and I've started to see more, you know, guys we work with that her criticism isn't always about what she's criticizing. Mm-hmm. Right. So the, the jab, and this is where the problem of like quickly going to rationality or defense actually totally misses it is sometimes that surface level thing is actually driven by something deeper. Mm. So, and oftentimes what that in my experience and certainly in my lived experience has shown up as is, my partner isn't feeling loved and isn't feeling my presence or engagement. Mm-hmm. And so there's like a, a poke or a criticism about this thing or this errand or um, something to handle around the house. And Right. They, it's like, did you pick up the almond butter? Yeah. Right. Did you pick up the almond butter? You said you were going to pick it up. Totally. Which is like, it's not about the almond butter. <laughs> yeah. Or like uh, dishes, is, you know, one that's, that's happened in my, in my house the last uh, year or so that, you know, it, yes, she would love it if, you know, sometimes the dishes were just done, but even deeper than that, there's like a, uh, she's feeling missed. Like she's just not feeling me with her, like on a day-to-day level in terms of our connection and my attunement to her and my presence. And she's not necessarily feeling loved. And that then drives all this surface stuff. Yeah. And there's a way we can try to fix all the surface stuff that never hits the, hits the root of it. And I think that's where developing this capacity to stay open with feedback or criticism and feel down into the core of it, which oftentimes this, you know, this stuff comes at us. And what can be the most useful thing is to just pull our partner close and be like, baby, I hear you and I love you. Right. And there's, and then just have a moment. Yeah. And then something else happens and then, you know, a deeper layer emerges that it's not that you can't then create agreements mm-hmm. or structures ar- around the other thing. But if that root isn't addressed, usually these things just go on forever. Forever. And some people spend decades in these dynamics. Some people spend decades doing this dance, which in many cases mimics the dance of their families of origin, either one or both, where none of this was ever addressed, right? Like there were just partnerships where this was just how it was, right? She never really felt loved by him. And he was confused by her the whole time and spent more and more time out of the home or, you know, really didn't want to look at his own feelings. He was like, nope, I'm not going there. And you're crazy. You're crazy. I think part of the, that labeling of society that women are crazy is, is part of this denial of emotion because the truth is what you mean is women are emotional. And when you don't want to feel those emotions and you don't want to hang out in that soup then you label the other person as crazy and it's easy to say, well, they're wrong or they're crazy or there's this othering that happens instead of they're a human being having an experience mm-hmm. and, and it's an upsetting experience. And can you hang out with them in the upset? Not really. You can't really do that. You don't really want to do that. One of my women friends has a partner right now and she was, her mother's in the hospital and there's stuff happening in her life and she was upset and she kind of snapped at him. They were in the bedroom. They weren't having sex, but they were just, you know, in that sort of liminal space or whatever. And she snapped at him and he just came over and held her. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it was the most incredible thing. It felt like he came over and he was just in the storm with me. 
and it made all the difference. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, see, that man has some skill. There's some skill there because that little comment she made, that little jabby, whatever it was, I don't know what the details were, could have gone in a way different direction. I mean, he could have been like, of course I brought it. Or I told you like, you know, well, you said that you didn't need it till next week. He could have done something else, right? He could have gotten defensive or explained it or all of that. And there was a generosity, like you've said, a generosity to, he sort of saw through that surface and he saw her pain essentially. And like, just came over and was like, energetically, I'm here with you. I'm here with you in this. I am here with you in this. Cause I think a lot of her poking, you know, sometimes we talk about feminine testing. I think a lot of feminine testing is, are you here? Are you here with me? Are you still here with me? Totally. Are you sure you're here with me? <laughs> do you love me? Do you love like, me? I don't feel loved right now. You know, are you there? Do you care? Are you paying attention? Um, and, you know, this is one I've talked about before, like particularly early in our marriage. Yeah, Violet would definitely poke me because, you know, there was still stuff I hadn't touched yet and I hadn't been as deep in a relationship as I was quite with her. And she would much rather feel my anger than nothing. Yeah. And I would just kind of like collapse or disappear check or out. numb yeah. out or check out to it. So she would poke me to, if anger was the only thing that she could get to get like, okay, at least we're feeling angry in the same space together. Yeah. That feels better than that's still a kind of connection. In a way. <laughs> Can you, do you remember at all like what the pokes sounded like? Cause I think that that concrete feeling that like, what, what did it actually come out? Was it about almond butter was it like, yeah, it was, let's see. I'm trying to think back to some, um, instances, you know, it would be, it would be little things that would end up triggering like, I'm not enough. You mm. know, it's, just, it's just, it really is that like on, just, on your side. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. You know, I'm just not feeling very connected to you. Okay. Like, yeah. You know, like there, there'd be ways that would kind of come out and mm. then it would just escalate, escalate, escalate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would come back rationally with, Oh my God, you know, I'm so devoted to you. I'm doing all these things for you. Da, da, da. And I would miss the central point of like, yes, but I don't feel close to you. Mm-hmm. You know, that's yeah. what she was really kind of arguing. And, but there'd be all this other stuff um, that would be like pointing to that mm-hmm. I initially would miss that. Yeah. And then as I've, I've gotten better and learned, okay, that's the, that's the thing. Like, is she feeling loved right now? Which usually means, am I being present with her? Am I slowing down to connect with her and resonate with her mm-hmm. um, in her emotional experience? You know, like that, that, in that capacity and the ability to do that. It's one of the many reasons I continually, you know, drill into guys' heads of the power of men's work and men's groups. If that's a really safe place to learn how to do all of this, yeah. to A, explore your own motions be present with other people and their emotions and really get the kind of practice Mm -hmm. of of going into those spaces and also just getting feedback. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's a great training ground to get feedback from other men who don't have all the baggage necessarily involved of my relationship, my lover, my sexual partner, triggering I'm not enough, money, just like guys who I'm with. And they're like, yeah, you know what? When, When you do that, I don't feel connected to you or um, when you do that, I don't trust you or, you know, like I, I want to feel your balls more, man. Cause mm-hmm. I know you got it. Like mm-hmm. where's your fire at? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not, you know, it just, it, it, it allows it all to land in us in my experience and allowed it to land me in a different way mm. where it's okay. There's yeah, there's some truth here and I can sometimes hear it first 
safely from other men, start mm. to receive that feedback, learn to like uh, try it on, you know, is one way I would put it, which is also another uh, capacity of like allowing feedback to come and then like really intuiting and feeling, yeah, that feels true for me. Mm. That, that part's right. Or no, that's not right. Mm. Like, which I think for some nice guys sometimes is mm -hmm. a, a good powerful energy too, to, to not just immediately collapse into someone else's mm -hmm. perspective, but to like, yeah, no, I, I that doesn't feel true for me. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I, I'm pretty confident about this, but again, it's about developing that capacity and having that skill, which is one of the great things you can do with other guys. Mm -hmm. And then to learn to be present with other men in their grief and their emotions and their anger uh, is this, it's the same capacity and muscle that you can then bring into your partnership. Yeah. Like yeah, I think that's a great point about <laughs> practicing it with other men. I'm thinking about, you know, groups where a guy is sharing something that's really hard. Like, let's mm -hmm. say, um, you know, his brother is really sick or something's going on. He's like, I just feel really helpless. And you can see, you can see it in a group. You can see some men who get really uncomfortable and they try to just solve it. Yeah. So like, well, at least you're there for him. They'll say something like that or they'll, they'll, they're trying to make it, they think they're trying to make it better, but I think this is very similar to what we're talking about of really they're uncomfortable sitting in discomfort. Mm -hmm. They're uncomfortable sitting in, this is a situation that just sucks and we're yeah. going to feel grief for a minute. And they, they, you can see them like, it's so uncomfortable for them to do that, that they try to solve the guy's problem. And sometimes, you know, we'll slow it down as, as coaches and say like, what's going on in your, for you, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes we won't. And sometimes yeah. it, the man will actually speak up and, you know, you see different dynamics, but it's very similar where it's like, that sucks, man. Just being with him in it is often all he needs mm -hmm. to have it feel met. He just wants to feel met. And that's a good example of we've all got the masculine and feminine inside of us. And his feminine is saying, I'm hurting I feel powerless. Mm -hmm. And all he, all that part of him wants is I'm with you yeah. in that. I'm with you in that. I get that. I feel that. I feel that. I'm with you. That's it. That's it. That's, that's the move. And so many of us weren't trained in that move in our families that you can see on a call who's comfortable being there mm -hmm. and who wants to fix it. Totally. And that's a, can you share a point, a skill you can build with other men that, where it's lower stakes. It just, it is lower stakes. Yeah. You know, you're not going to trigger that, you know, you can, you can have interactions there where it's not like everything's going to fall apart because you didn't, you know, meet this man in the way he needed totally. and you're going to get some feedback and you're going to grow. But in relationship, it just feels like a lot of times the stakes are so much higher. And, you know, to your point of that resistance, right, that let's say with, with your woman, you're trying to fix it and she's now getting more upset and more upset. And then, and that's triggering you because you're like, Oh God, Oh God, I wanted it to go the other way. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's just spiraling where, you know, in a men's group, there's also, there's some holding, there's some holding of the container by everyone that's there yeah. that, you know, a relationship also doesn't have. It's just two people. Totally. They've got a lot riding on it. There's yeah. attachment stuff. There's all this stuff going on, whereas you can slow it down and do different things. And, and, and there's other people witnessing it that they can then reflect on what they were seeing in the interaction. Like there's just so much possible and part of, I think, what makes it such an amazing tool for developing a lot of these capacities. And, um, you know, I think what 
is really one of the central skills that can make you a, a indispensable man in your mm-hmm. career in as a lover in the world is a willingness to turn towards feedback, like, and just not yeah. be afraid of it and just like, okay, great. Okay. Let me take that in. Let me think about that. Let me not collapse around it. Let me feel into where that's true, where that's right, how I can work with that and stay open because the ability to do that is honestly kind of the most important skill these days. Yeah. If you're learning a new job or a career or doing anything new and that's, you know, I, th- I know one area I've fallen prey to before that I sometimes see guys, other guys fall prey to is like, we got to get it right. Like there's a perfect way to do it. And mm. I can't, if I can't do it that way, then I'm like a, a failure or yeah. something versus like, no, what matters is your capacity to kind of learn, which is just staying open with feedback, trying to implement it. And, you know, this is something I work with a lot of our guys around. It's like um, what we talk about is like recovery time, how fast you can kind of come back to center. Mm-hmm. If you get knocked off, if you collapse, or if you get some kind of feedback, like you take it in and then you just kind of come back, and mm-hmm. you come back and you just get back to it and you get back to it. And in a lot of ways, that's just such a powerful capacity. And as you continue to develop that, you can continue bringing it into relationship and, and welcome a woman's experience mm. and feedback and criticism and, you know, get to that amazing point of like, is there more? Like, bring it. Like, I want it all of it. I want all of you. I want to know what's going on in there. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of your feedback. Because um, I want to know what's true for you so I can love you more. Mm-hmm. Right? And then when you can get there, it's just awesome. It's a really powerful place. And then there there can be some, um, I've seen certainly in my partner, even deeper openings. Because then there's just like more relaxation on her side that oh, I don't have to like hold this on yeah. and be worried about hurting him. And yeah. His fragility around this. Yeah. It's like he can, he can, not only can he take it, like he wants it. Like I do want that from my partner. That's like one of the things I love about Violet is like I welcome that feedback because it helps me be a sharper person, mm-hmm. be a sharper man, show up more fully um, in that capacity to like, you know, not always buy the story. Not always just try to like meet her in the same ring necessarily, but like feel into what's going on below that. Feel her first, you know, something we've talked about before of like, feel her first. Don't just fix her, like resonate in the space, resonate in the space with her emotionally. Show that you understand the emotion by embodying a little bit. Yes. Reflecting it back to her, um, which is, uh, you know, such a powerful tool. And then she'll often feel met. Mm-hmm. Right? The feminine just wants to feel met by the masculine, which means you've got to move towards her, yes, not away from her, not try to deflect her or, or brace her, against her or brace against her. There's like, okay, this is your emotion. Let's, let's, let's be with that. Let, let me be with you in this right now. And that's the game changing tool that if you can learn to do that, whether it's criticism, which hopefully over time moves more towards feedback as both partners become more skillful or just feed clean feedback, even your capacity to kind of mm. bring that depth to the moment and lead her into a deeper place into her heart can just make you an indispensable lover mm-hmm. and just lead to an awesome, awesome relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something too about that, you know, that resonance. Like I was just <laughs> having an experience where I, I had a bad experience with a cashier and I was with a guy friend and I was like, clearly having a bad experience with this person. And then right after we were like ordering separate things and he was like really nice to her. 
and I was really irritated. I was like, I just want you to hate the same people I hate. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't need you to like be a dick to her, but just get through the transaction and move on. Don't like be saccharine or extra sweet or try try to somehow make up for this bad interaction that I had. Like, I just want you to hate the same people I hate. Yeah. Right. And there's something about that that I've heard from other women as well of like it's like a loyalty thing or it's like, um, I want to feel you're on my side. I really want to feel that you're on my side. It's so important to me. And it's like, why would you choose this random person over me? Which isn't really what happened, but the feeling of it is, is kind of that of like, I'm your friend or your partner, right? I, Mm -hmm. I'm the important person in this constellation of human beings. Why would you choose that other person over me? And it's not, it's not rational, but it's real. And I think that you've had some experience with that in your partnership that I think a lot of men can relate to where it's, it's a little confusing of like, but this isn't rational. Like this doesn't make sense. Like, I think this is like an adjacent to a lot of what we've been talking about of even with its criticism, oftentimes there's something deeper going on and it's usually just wanting to feel resonance that the, the feminine sometimes in my experience really wants. Right. So with this kind of experience that you're describing or definitely something that used to happen and just trigger my wife like crazy or she would, it wouldn't even be about me that like the issue or whatever she was upset about, but she would come and explain things to me and I would still do the same move where I would try to go to rational or explain their perspective or, you know, you haven't thought about this or it could be this. Um, and it would make her so upset because she would experience that as why are you taking their side? Mm-hmm. Why can't you just be with me? And, and like back me up is the yeah. word I've heard a lot um, in this stuff and learning that, ah, actually what she wants in those moments is just for, to feel me with her in the discomfort of that emotion. And yeah. Like what a, what an Oh, that sucks. That yeah. Oh, that sucks. That, I've gotten way better at that. And uh, my, this is not something I've created. So this is a tool I got from my side art as a, as a director. I was in a directing class and they were talking about one way to work with actors and this amazing teacher I worked with uh, calls it bad friending. So as a director, you come in and you're like the best bad friend where you're like, you know, you're asking about the situation, what's going on. And then you're just 100% on their side. Like, Oh my God, you're right. Like, I can't believe she bitch. said that. What a yeah, bitch. What yeah. an awful thing. You are so right. And she's just so wrong. And she, she deserves that. Right. She deserves <laughs> to get it. And you know, there's like a little bit over the top in that version of it. But there's the, like the, that's really helped to me in terms of how I can relate to Violet sometimes is to like, oh, come in with that energy and like, yeah, you're right. That's just, that kind of sounds sucky. Like, what a bitch. Or that's just an awful person. Or like, just that's a horrible situation. And like, you deserve better. And it it works. She feels met. She feels resonated. and, and, And then usually, and then usually she can figure it out. Yeah, 100%. That's the other that's thing. The other is thing. Like, there is yeah. a little bit of a, like a yeah. patriarchal, like I got to fix this yes. for her thing that sometimes underlines all this versus like she just wants to, me to feel the emotions with her. And then she can go. Yeah, deal she's with it. got it. She's she a grown ass woman. She can, she, she can, can figure it. it out. And often I have found that when I feel really met, when someone meets me in my rage or whatever mm-hmm. it is, then I'm like, well, maybe that cashier was having a bad day or I get there. I fucking get there. But yeah. step one, if I don't get step one, oof, it doesn't feel good. It does not yeah. feel good. And it definitely doesn't want to make me open my legs to that person. I'm like, totally. uh-uh, no. If you're not on my side, I'm not going to fuck you. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah, got to yeah, be on my side because it doesn't feel like 
safe or something. It's like, well, I guess I'm alone in the world. Something like, oh, I guess I'm alone in the world and I have to fight my own battles and no one's here with me and all the stories start up and it's this whole thing versus I can get I can get to the mature place. I can get to the spiritual place, but I got to go through the muck first. And I yeah. really want my man to be in the muck with me. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm, I'm you know, I'm curious in your experience. It sounds like this being the bad friend has really smoothed out a lot of interactions that maybe would have taken more energy oh, before it's, or it's so much easier too. Cause then I don't, <laughs> I'm like liberated from the responsibility. I think of having to fix the situation. Oh man, that's really brilliant. What like, you just oh, said. Actually, yeah. All I need to do with her is like be with her right now and like kind of, yeah, I get it. Like that sounds really shitty. And then it's like over. Yeah. I mean, not that that's, I want it to just be over, but like, it's actually faster. a more effective it's solution faster, yeah. for the thing we're trying to get to through the other strategies is just like get in there with the emotions and match them and like show her I get them and I'm with her in that. And I don't need her to be any different. I don't need the situation to be any different. Yeah. And then something relaxes um, in, in our dynamic. And that's, you know, I, I'm still working that one, but it's definitely one I've gotten positive feedback on. Like, yeah, you've gotten a lot better at that, you know, I just felt you with me in that. And it's like, oh, great. Awesome. It, it pays off. And I think that's a great, since we're on this topic, I think that what you just described is a really good example of when you know you're in a healthy relationship versus when you're with, let's say, someone who has borderline personality disorder or some other kind of personality disorder where you never win. There's never yeah. a shift. You never hear that. Oh, you've gotten better at that. Like, I feel you here with mm-hmm. me. I feel... The, the positive feedback, the sense of support, the you are met halfway, you know, those are positive green flags in a relationship. If you never feel, if you truly feel like I never get it right, I'm never, she never meets me halfway, it's never working, that's a red flag. Yeah. So it, 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 in a healthy relationship, there's still friction, but there's also movement. <laughs> there's friction, totally. but there's also some progress being made on both sides of, you know, this is a way that I feel soothed. You know, I was just talking to one of our men who's now in a, a healthy relationship and, and we were talking about needs and uh, need for uh, physical affection. Mm-hmm. And I was sort of a stand for like, yeah, that's a need of yours. Like this is an actual love language need. Yeah. You need this to feel safe and soothed in a relationship. And long story short, he had a really good conversation with his partner about it and she was receptive. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's a green flag because if someone gets defensive or angry or upset or all of what we're talking about, right? Cause that could be interpreted as criticism. He comes to her and says, I yeah. I've noticed I, I need more of this. And she's saying, Oh, well you think I don't give you enough. Like I'm not enough. Obviously you want me yeah. to change for you. All of these defensive, angry reactions versus like, Oh, Okay like, tell me a little bit more about what you mean. I've, I've, you know, I'm not sure, whatever. And, and then, and he's noticed a shift and that's a green flag, right? So it's not in a healthy relationship that you never have conflict or friction. It's that it is actually safe to talk about those things. And I think that's the difference that a lot of people have never actually been brave enough to bring up a thing like which sort of shows up in the research around sex right i have i have hooked up with countless men where i just endured the pain because i was so scared of bringing it up and having them shut down i just experienced pain that was my choice if i had chosen in every one of those circumstances to try in some of those circumstances 
a man probably would get defensive and shut down. And maybe some of them wouldn't. And yeah. you d- and that's the thing is you don't know unless you extend yourself and try. Or, which I think is related to this, if you as a man or a woman, but we're sticking with men for this example, actually become someone who's like, I want to know. Yeah. I want to know how you're Love feeling. It. Hey, I if you're ever annoyed with me, something's not working, I want to know about it. That's advanced, right? Or proactively saying, how's it going in our relationship? Is there anything you're wanting more from me? You know, eliciting that, man, that's like, that's ninja level to me. That's yeah. like, wow, you're demonstrating that you actually do want to hear what I have to say and, and, and everything. And that if you're, if you're never getting, if you're never feeling soothed or loved in that relationship, that's a red flag. Yeah, like there's something else. It, yeah. It's always criticism. And even when you've made meaningful strides to address it, it, the criticism just keeps coming with no acknowledgement of the effort. Those are, those are total red flags. Yes. Something else is going on. Get some feedback from a coach or other men and like, hey, how does this feel for you? Uh, and don't like get stuck in that because we have worked with guys who've gotten stuck with that for a long, long time. And when that becomes your reality, you don't know there's any difference of like, oh, wow, okay, no, um, it's not me. <laughs> it's like some historical stuff off in our, our partners yeah. and their wounding, just mapping it onto us perpetually. What we're talking about is, you know, it may start as criticism. When we're both triggered, it may be criticism. But overall, there's like a, um, a desire to feel harmony in the relationship mm-hmm. and be close with each other and make meaningful effort towards each other and be generous with each other. And that's where this, as men learning to receive criticism as feedback or stay open to it or feel below it, um, really comes from your capacity to, you know, to be open and to be present and to uh, be anti-fragile. Yeah, which is resilient. Like you said, resilient. Is resilience. It's uh, it's another way to think about vulnerability, a willingness and an ability to stay open with uncertainty or discomfort. And feel it, to feel discomfort. Yeah, Yeah. this is uncomfortable right now. And I'm going to breathe and stay with you and let's see where this goes. Right. Yeah. And I think that's, it's worth noting. I think a lot, we've worked with a lot of men where, the the strategies that they've employed to not feel uncomfortable are pretty advanced. So w- whether it's, you know, weed or video games or porn or sugar or Netflix or some combination or right alcohol, it's like they they they're not even really aware this is why I'm drinking. Right? It's like they don't know I'm oh, I'm watching porn to not feel uncomfortable or to feel my rage or something triggered them at work, whatever it is. It's very elaborately constructed <laughs> ways that we've found to not feel those things. Yeah. And so, you know, in the program that we run for men, one of the first things addresses this. And a lot of men end up feeling things that they haven't felt for a long time. And they're like, whoa, is I this working? Yeah, I signed What's up. So, right, exactly. <laughs> I signed up so I'd feel better. What the fuck? And we're like, no, that's that's what it's working. It's working. You got to stick with it. And it, and it's a little bit like when you start working out again after yeah, totally. after you haven't. And I've experienced this several times. Where I'm like, I am so sore. I'm uncomfortable all fucking day yeah. for like a good 10 days, a good yeah. 10 to 14 days. And we're not saying that all of your emotional issues will be resolved in two weeks, but it's a pretty good analogy of, I thought I was going to feel better and there are ways in which I feel better, but I also feel really uncomfortable for a while. And 
that I mean, is the capacity piece, though. You're yes. With deeper discomfort in yourself, you're going to be able to be in the uncomfortable situations with a romantic and partner. And it fucking pays off. Like this guy now that's in this relationship that I referenced, this is probably one of the best relationships of his life. Yeah. It's a healthier dynamic than he's ever experienced. He's more in his power. You know, the things that you want are on the other side of this. It's not like this is just random shit you're throwing into the wind, throwing at the wall, hoping it works. It's tried and true. We've watched men go through it. And it is, it is how you build the foundation of a healthy relationship. And you get, you get so much more on the other side. You know, when you were saying, I welcome that. I'm like, bring it all. Like, what else you got? I'm like, oh, wow. Like, there's just a way that my body's like, whoa, this guy is so incredible. And it's like you said, this other level of possibility, which I think we've referenced third stage relating, I think really the feminine truly opening and and that feeling that you referenced of holding, I find that a lot. I'm, I'm kind of holding a lot in yeah. all the time to try to not trigger other people, especially men, because I'm afraid of their reactions. The idea of like, being able to relax that and just actually be where I'm at is like catnip. I'm like, oh my God, that's fucking possible. Like that sounds like heaven, basically. It's far more flow, right? Which again, you know, it's not that we do all this just to have better sex, but hey, one of the benefits yes. of better sex is a woman who is embraced all the time yeah. is going to be more open and more in her flow and the sex is going to be better. And she's going to be more likely to want it. Yeah. And she's going to be more likely to have really deep orgasms, yes, totally. like really deep, intense, mind expanding, you know, waves of energy, all of that stuff. It is, it's related to all of this that we're talking about. Yeah. It comes down to your presence and your willingness to, you know, be with her in all she's experiencing and feeling, which a huge part of is welcoming her feedback, not being afraid of criticism, staying open to it. You know, there's training you can do to get better at that in terms of at a root level in your nervous system. And then yeah, tools and techniques and strategies for communication and reflection and how to communicate, you know, how to speak in a way that elicits cleaner feedback and whatnot that you can learn. But at the root, there's just a willingness to, to be with intensity. Yeah. A willingness to be with intensity. That's a really good way of putting it. Cause I think I've hidden my intensity most yeah. of my life. Cause I felt like it's too much. It is too much for a lot of men. It's <laughs> true. Part, it's of, you true. Know, part of why a lot of women are walking around like this guys is they, they have maybe let something out sometime. And then the thing they fear the most is he leaves or he shuts down and it's like, Oh guys can't handle this. So I, I can't be fully myself. So I am going to walk around slightly braced. And when they do meet a man who can just, welcome the totality of them. There's like, a, Oh, that's what makes you, you know, it's not the greatest word, but like valuable or special or yes. unique or desirable as a man. Yes. It's not your abs. It's not your yeah. paycheck. It's not your status. It's like your capacity to just, it's you, it's your presence. Yeah. And her connection that is the game changer and that this is one very specific way that shows up. Mm. Yeah. So I'm wondering as we, as we wrap up here, you know, I feel like your, your capacity in your relationship has been a, a marriage, not to use that word, but a marriage of the personal growth work that you had already done coming into the relationship. And then the ma the matching of that, but growth in partnership and then growth mm -hmm. before partnership. And yeah, I'm, I guess I'm just wondering if you're, if there's, 
guys listening out there, they're like, yeah, I want to get better at this. You know, this sounds great. I want to be, what, what do you feel like are things they can do to help, help them get there? Uh, get in a men's group. You know, that's probably my number one that I, I lead towards men, lead men towards. And you can absolutely, you know, reach out to us about ways to do that and how we work with guys. Um, there's different tips and strategies and techniques for your nervous system and breath works and weight training. Like there's so many angles to really kind of attack this from mm. um, one of which, you know, the forefront of which I think for a lot of men is the emotional piece as well. It's not just the physical training, mm-hmm. but actually do the, doing the emotional training of mm-hmm. to be present with our own emotions, identify our own emotions. Mm-hmm. So then we can be that way with others. Like I said, which is great training ground to do that as men, mm-hmm. and just the faster you kind of dive into all this, the better, mm-hmm. um, which includes, you know, finding ways to kind of, feel more, mm-hmm. which, you know, we support men with some structures we suggest in that, that then kind of gives you the ultimate training ground mm-hmm. to, to do a lot of this work and, and be with these different capacities. And that, um, you know, these are things you can start now, whether you're in relationship or not, that will just continue paying off. You mm-hmm. know, I think my trajectory was work I did before relationship work. I'm doing in relationship with my partner and work I'm doing in relationship without my partner, mm. which is still where I do go to other men. Mm-hmm. I do do other work and we don't do everything together. We do a lot of things together, but there are pieces of our journey that we're working independently mm. that we then weave back into what we're working together. Mm-hmm. And like having the foundation of, we both did a, a certain amount of solid work before that. So we could even have the capacity to be in a growth oriented relationship was partly what I think set us up um, to really have some longevity here and, and go, go the distance. So yeah, getting in a men's group, finding some practices that strengthen your nervous system, um, seeing a therapist and just getting more in touch with your body and your sensations mm-hmm. and your feelings. Somatic therapy. Great mm-hmm. places yeah. to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you are interested in our work, you can go to evolutionary.men slash training. If you want to go deeper than the podcast, we offer a free training and you can check us out. Absolutely.